Mission Chats with John Crow. Thank you so much for tuning into Mission Chats. And if you haven't already heard the first half of my conversation with Jeff, then you can find that on episode 13. Here we are with part two of my conversation. Jeff, I've been following your story for many years uh, through your email updates and through my parents and your parents' connection and, and different ways like that. And I know the Lord's had you know a very unique and special journey for you, as we've heard uh, in the previous sections. But I'd love to hear if there's just a couple of specific ways you've really seen God at work through your ministry, through the opportunities he's brought your way over these years. Yeah, a uh, few come to mind. Highlights, if you like. <laughs> there was a, a young boy who was in hospital and very, very sick. His dad was actually living abroad. And they'd actually called the father because they said that there was no chance of him being healed by, you know, anything medical. Right. Now, this family were not Christians. And my wife and I went and visited the little boy in hospital and he was lying there on his back with his eyes rolled back in his head and he really didn't look good at all. And after being there for a little while, we asked the boy's mother if we could pray for his healing in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. And she said, yes, I've tried everything else. I'm happy to try this. And so I actually prayed first for his healing. And then when I finished, my wife prayed. And as soon as we said amen, the boy sat up and he asked for coloring in pencils. And two days later, he was discharged from the hospital. And uh, his mum went around telling everyone that Jesus had healed her son. Wow. And when the father, he, he was on his way back. Right. When he came, he's like, why did you call me back yeah, right. from sure. overseas? I came yeah. for no reason. My son's fine. And she said, Jesus has healed my son. Oh, so the glory really went to God right. for that. That was a real miracle story. Yeah. Another story really goes back to my very first couple of months here in Mongolia, actually, before I could even learn language. I was down in the park just going over my, my new words, and I was just praying that God would send me a friend, a Mongolian friend, okay, uh, someone who I could you know connect with. And a man who was actually probably tipsy, not fully drunk, but had had a bit to drink, Right. he came and sat next to me and he said, do you speak English. Okay. And I said, yes. <laughs> and for the next hour, I mean, his English was very limited, but at that time I spoke no Mongolian. Right. For the next hour, we, you know, communicated somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, I took him to my house and I showed him my door and I said, this is where I live. Come and visit anytime. Mm. Then he took me to his house and showed me his door and said, this is where I live. Visit me anytime. Right. He had a wife and three children. And, you know, for that first two years that I was in Mongolia doing language study, I went to their house every Saturday for dinner, every Saturday night. And as my Mongolian grew, it got better than his English. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I was slowly able to share the gospel. Wow. And I constantly invited them to come to the house church mm -hmm. that I was with. And every time they said no, they always had an excuse. Okay. And then finally, his wife said, I'll go to your church if you come to my temple. So mm -hmm. I said, Okay. So when will we go? <laughs> so the next day I went and visited the, the big Buddhist temple right. here and, you know, she showed me all of it. And then after that, her husband was constantly saying, you promised him that if he went to your temple, you would go to his <laughs> church. Long story short, they finally came and they just 
loved it. It was just so different for them. Mm-hmm. And both of them gave their lives to the Lord. Yeah, and interestingly, their two daughters were actually Christians secretly. They okay. were afraid of their mum and dad knowing, and they were praying that someone would come and share the gospel with the parents. And so, yeah. yeah. So there's a couple of um, wonderful stories, but we've got plenty of stories also, John, of sharing the gospel and people not responding in that way. Yeah. You know, for every positive story, you probably have 10 negative ones. But that's that's the good thing about being here long term. You know, you're working with the people and you're seeing their journey as well. Yeah. And I think that's the story of mission work more often than not, that it is a a long, hard slog in many cases. And yet along the way, the Lord encourages you with, yeah, with these type of experiences and yeah, just showing his power at work. Amazing. That first story about the young boy. I mean, that's just beautiful and encouraging to hear. Mm, Now, something I always enjoy hearing a little bit from my guests as well is just how you would define or describe missions from your experience. Now, of course, you mentioned, you know, going through three years of of missionary training. So I know there's formal definitions. Uh, but if you think about that and describe what missions has been for you, how would you explain that? Well, I'd say really it's obeying the calling of God that's on your life mm. to live among a people group who are not your own and to share the good news with them and to make disciples in my context missions is going overseas going abroad out of your comfort zone if you like there's a lot of local mission as well and i understand that and that's that's good if people have been called to that Mm -hmm. but in, in in my context it's a calling out of your comfort zone to go to a people group you know who have never heard about jesus in 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 this case right but it's it's also living your life as a testimony before the people. Mm-hmm. One man came to me one time and he said, you know, I don't know what you do, but what I do know is that there's somehow a peace with you and your family. Mm-hmm. And so that obviously led into a, a conversation about the Lord. And so he obviously could see the, the testimony between um, coming out of our, our family dynamic. Yeah, and even my wife's brother, who's not a believer, he said, when I visit your house, there's a there's a peace there. Mm. So, you know, it's really, sometimes it's not easy. It's sometimes hard living in another culture, in another context. You have a lot of ups and downs. Right. But it's knowing the calling God's got on your life and knowing that he's actually in the storm, if there is one. Right. <laughs> and then people are watching you and seeing how you live your life as well. So. Mm-hmm. Great word. Thank you. Now, I know you mentioned earlier that you are providing team leadership for your group there in Mongolia, where you're based. And I know you you mentioned before, we were chatting a little bit ahead of the call, uh, you mentioned several new team members coming in. And so I'd be curious to hear if you have advice for others who are considering mission service, kind of both based on your own experience of, of getting involved, but also as you've you know heard the stories, I'm sure, of these new team members that have joined, maybe some of what they experienced in that journey uh, that may be helpful for our listeners to consider. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, someone once said uh, many years ago, and I don't know who said it, but they said, if you've got the inkling to go as a missionary, Mm-hmm. Go, okay. because most people don't even have the inkling. Right. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, advice I would say is if God's really put it on your heart to go into cross-cultural missionary work, if you haven't had any training, get some training, mm. but don't make up lots of excuses not to go. 
Right. Uh, I think there's many people who are called to go, but they don't. And they have lots of excuses. As I mentioned earlier, you know, not married yet or aren't financially secure or wait until I have a degree or, you know, wait until I've got more experience in my field of work. Mm-hmm. There's many, many excuses. But my advice would be that if God's called you to go, just go right. and take that step of faith. Many of our new team members are not from the West. Okay. They're from what we call the global South, what were traditionally receiving countries, and they don't have a lot of money behind them. In fact, most of them are struggling financially, and yet we have seen God provide for their needs every step of the way, and it's just amazing to watch. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like God's calling you into mission, I would say take that step of faith. Don't delay. uh, Maybe get the training that you need. But there are people dying today without hearing the gospel message. And and it might be because people like you aren't obeying the call that God's put on your life. Yeah, I appreciate that. Definitely a good challenge for all of us. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, you know, some of your new team members and very little support. Now, you, of course, are on a support-based approach. And I'm curious, would you be still needing more support in for your family? We praise the Lord that he supplied our needs every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And I would say that this, some of our teammates actually are lacking a lot more than what we are. Okay. We do have a vision to start a training place for Mongolians, to train, equip, and send Mongolians to the mission fields of the world. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually looking at buying some land not too far out of the city in order to build a place where we can do training. We're not exactly sure whether we'll do that or whether we need to buy uh, an office or a place here in the city. We're still praying through it, to be honest. We're still seeking the Lord for the clear vision. But we feel that it's the time for Mongolians to be trained, equipped, and sent to the mission fields of the world. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, we need resources for training, resources for sending, and people to be willing to come and do some training So, yeah, there is that need there as well. For sure. Great. In the show notes, I will link through to to WEC International and also a way for people to give if they'd like to be a part of of making that dream a reality. Sure. Now, on that note, too, you were talking about the Global South, and I'd be curious on your perspective. Are there Mongolians who are now launching into missions themselves that you've seen? Yes. We have what we call the Mongolian Diaspora. So there are Mongolians who live in Afghanistan, in China, in Russia. There's Mongolians living in all lots of different places now. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we have 11,000 Mongolians in Australia, I heard recently. And there are Mongolians who, are, who have a calling from God and who have actually gone. Mm-hmm. Some have already gone. Some have come back. Some have gone and were burnt out and came back because they didn't have proper training and they weren't equipped properly which is why we have this vision to train and equip and send them. I mean, our goal is for the local churches to get the vision to send their own people. That's a whole teaching process. We're still a pretty much a first-generation church. Right. There sure. are some kids who have come through the church now and are second generation, but on the whole, we're still a first-generation church. And so we're seeing that there's a real need to teach the churches <laughs> that mm-hmm. they also need to have an outward focus. Right. That's what we're also working on now. Yeah. And I think it's clear, too, that often people going out uh, to share the gospel from countries like Mongolia 
it's much easier for them to get their foot in the door, as it were, uh, into countries where, you know, someone from the West, let's say, it might be more challenging to do so. Very good. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for making time to to have a little chat with me. Wonderful to reconnect like this and yeah, just hear a little more of the stories and the experience you've had following the Lord's lead in your life. And yeah, I just want to express my thanks to you for your faithfulness and for the example you've been. And as we wrap up, I would love to just pray with you in yeah. closing. So let's Thanks, pray. Joe. Father, Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to have a chat with Jeff. Lord, I thank you for his faithfulness over so many years, different countries along the way, but then a clear call and leading from your spirit to invest his life in Mongolia and particularly in the people of Mongolia. Lord, I thank you for the way you led him to his wife and uh, oh. the beautiful family he has now. I pray as they continue to follow your lead there, that you would give them all they need day by day, wisdom, strength, health. Uh, We thank you, Lord. Rejoice with them that you're providing for their needs. But Lord, as they look into future development of the ministry there and this heart to be able to help Mongolians catch the vision and be a part of taking your gospel to the nations, I pray for clear leading in that and many opportunities in the years ahead to see that become a reality. So, Father, I commit them to you. I thank you for them and pray your blessing over them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Appreciate your time. And I trust this will be a real blessing to our listeners to get a glimpse into another part of the world and the ministry and the gospel presence that you're providing there in Mongolia. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Mission Chats and this episode, concluding my chat with Jeff in Mongolia. I hope it's been a blessing to you. If you would like to share it with friends who are like-minded, please do that. It would be a great help. You can send them to missionchats.com or just share this episode from whatever podcast platform you listen to. Find us online at missionchats.com.